and welcome to MSESL English. Today we are continuing our Pride theme. There's only two of these shows. If you are not interested in Pride or you are afraid of trans people or you are having a whole issue with this Pride Month thing, skip on. Go somewhere else. You're not going to enjoy this. You're not going to enjoy yesterday's episode. But there is a whole load of episodes that have nothing to do with Pride that you're welcome to take a look at. You can head over to the playlist and you can find something that suits what you need for your English. Okay, today we're talking about history. So when I started following some of the influencers I mentioned yesterday, I realized that there was this huge swathe of history that I had never been taught. I think it's partly to do with the AIDS crisis that was happening when I was young. And we lost so many people in that crisis and governments were actively working to prevent awareness about it during that time. So I think that has a lot to do with why we don't have this history. But for me, it's really upsetting because I feel like this is important. We need to know this so that we know what we're building on now. And if we don't know about the past, we can't learn from the past. What I'm going to do is give you a very brief through the history. This is based in the UK though. Most of this is in the UK. And then I'll talk a little bit about why I think we should know this stuff. First of all, in the UK, in the 1500s, the lovely Henry VIII, the guy that broke the country with his religious shift from Catholicism to Protestantism so that he could get divorced and then chopped off people's heads anyway, that guy, under his rule, homosexuality was made punishable by death. That seems extreme. Anyway, after 200 years, they changed it. So it was punishable by 10 plus years in prison. By the time it got to 1967, 1967, pretty recent, homosexuality was decriminalized in the UK, but not completely. They weren't done yet. 1951, we see Roberta Cowell, who's the first trans woman, we think, the first trans woman known to have a case of reassignment surgery. 1969, that's the big year for today. Stonewall riots in America. So New York City has a very vibrant gay and trans scene at this time in New York City, but they're having arguments with the police. Very, very vibrant history, well known throughout the city and pretty much enjoyed by everybody. There's a point where it really was very, very popular even among heteronormative people. And then the police started cracking down on it. And one day they'd had enough and they went into Stonewall and started arresting people and the trans folks fought back. So one of the things that is a little bit lost in the mists of time, trans people were really at the forefront of the Stonewall riot and it wasn't just gay dudes or lesbians, it was everybody. Trans people had a very big lifestyle in New York City and they were not standing for all of this beating up and arresting business. So the Stonewall riots lasted, I think, for about six days. And it was really the first kind of violent stand that the LGBTQ community 
took against all of the things they were having to put up with. And it's really the beginning of the Pride Festival as we know it now. 1970, the London Gay Liberation Front is formed as a way to try and get more decriminalization, more awareness about specifically gay people, I think. 1972, so only three years after Stonewall, we have the first London Pride event and 2,000 people attended. Seems like maybe people wanted to go. 1978, Gilbert Baker designs the Pride flag. It has evolved a little bit since then, but that's when it happened. 1985, gay men have a lifetime ban on blood donations. So this is when we start getting into the AIDS crisis. That was not lifted until 2011. 1988, section 28. So this was put in place by Margaret Thatcher's government in the UK and it prevented local authorities from intentionally promoting homosexuality or publishing material with the intention to promote homosexuality or promote the teaching of acceptability of homosexuality as a pretended family relationship. That was all a quote. I hate it when governments are on the wrong side of history. Seems to be happening a lot recently. This section 28 was bad, very, very bad for the whole LGBTQIA community and essentially made it illegal for anybody to teach the history of LGBTQ people, but also like anything else. So what it meant is that at this point in history, 1988, when we're just getting into the beginning of the AIDS crisis, it's illegal to teach about how to have healthy gay sex, which seems short-sighted. Section 28 stuck around for a long time. 1992, the World Health Organization declassifies homosexuality as a mental illness. That's not long. I just started high school at that point. 2000, the ban on LGBT people serving in the army was lifted, that's in the UK, and 2002, same-sex couples get equal rights for adoption, which is interesting because we're still not allowed to teach their history at this point, but in 2003, section 28 is finally repealed in England and Wales and Northern Ireland, and in 2004, the Gender Recognition Act allows trans people to fully and legally identify with their chosen gender and get a new birth certificate. Now, interestingly, there is an extra part of that that the Scottish government recently wanted to put in place to make it more fair and better for trans people. And the UK government has prevented them from doing that. 2014, Same-Sex Marriage Act in England and Wales and Scotland, and same-sex marriage becomes legal in these countries. 2019, World Health Organization declassifies trans health issues as mental health illness. And finally, same-sex marriage becomes legal in Northern Ireland. So what is this to tell you? This is to tell you that a lot of trans history is very, very recent but LGBTQIA people are not recent inventions. They have been around for thousands of years. 
So Alok's book reports that I mentioned yesterday, you can find them on Instagram. Groups of gender variant people are around and recorded in the late 1800s and early 1900s in New York City. They're often called fairies. And from the 1870s onwards, they are visible on the streets, in ballrooms, and in particular areas in New York City, Greenwich Village, Harlem, and Times Square. But from the 1800s, we see an increasing rhetoric about male and female differences and roles. I think these are Elope's words. Dividing millions of people into one of two opposite sexes is a political choice, not a biological truth. So this binary idea of gender erases intersex people entirely, so they just don't exist, which of course isn't true. In addition, it's not held up by culture around the world. Many cultures, indigenous cultures and otherwise, recognize one or more additional genders as well as male and female. There's very often something in the middle, but there's others as well. So this idea that there's only ever been male and female is incorrect, bad history. It's not true. There is the official biological in the middle intersex people who have sex organs from both, but we now recognize that gender is more a mental construct than a physical construct. And there is a wide variety of options out there. If you don't wanna be male or female, there are many, many options. And our insistence on putting people into boxes is harmful for other people and for ourselves. In telling you all of this, I hope for two things. Number one, I hope to build your awareness that there is a history outside of the one that we were taught in school. In fact, there are multiple histories that have been erased or reimagined depending on who was doing the storytelling. These people, these LGBTQIA people we're talking about today, led colorful, interesting, and very real lives and were often persecuted just for being themselves. And it's important we remember that because it's happening right now and that's not cool. Number two, I wanna get you thinking about what you read, about what you're told by big media and even government. Through this history, we wanna understand that we often aren't told the truth and very real humans are impacted by inhumane government decisions. That section 28 was a government decision and it was very, very harmful for a wide group of people. So governments aren't always right. Finally, I mentioned the Man Enough podcast in episode 131E and in a Loke's episode, which is called A Loke Bade Men on the Urgent Need for Compassion, if you are of upper intermediate to advanced level and you're interested in trans stuff or LGBT stuff and you want to expand your brain, I would definitely recommend that episode. It is a joy to listen to. But you don't have to listen to that episode because I listened to it for you. And I would say the key takeaway, key aloke quote from that episode is you don't need to understand 
someone to show compassion. We try so hard to understand. It's not bad to understand at all, but the idea that you can't be compassionate if you don't understand is flawed. We should still be compassionate even if we don't understand. And that really hit me hard. I think that's a really important one. Anyway, I hope this has been useful and interesting for you. I hope it's something that you can keep in your mind, that idea that compassion is more important than understanding. I hope that's something you can keep in your mind in your daily lives. And I hope we can all experience more freedom. I want us all to be ourselves and to be happy wherever in the world we live. And to me, all of this is a way for us to learn more about ourselves and about other people and about the world and how to build a better world for everybody in the future. There we go. <laughs> Bring the end. Okay, I hope this was useful to you. See you next week. Have a great week. Bye.